Hello, friends. Hello, family. Hello, Hokies. This is Billy Ray Mitchell checking in with you on Monday, May 18th. We have a fantastic podcast lined up for you today. Uh, to kick it off, it'll be all three sons of Saturday talking about a plethora of different topics. We dive into the Demetrius Davis recommitment. We dive into Jalen Jones. We dive into our trip to Blacksburg. We got a ton of letters from the lunch pail um, and a plethora of different subjects we talked there. And also, we had a fantastic interview with Tyree Showtime Saunders. want to thank him for taking time out of his day to join us. But other than that, we'll get right into it here. Thank you so much for joining us. Here is the episode. Sons and daughters, daughters and sons, welcome back to the Sons of Saturday. We got another one for you. My name is Grayson Wimbish, reporting live from the West Coast in sunny California, Los Angeles to be exact. Bill and Pat just back in from quite a week in Blacksburg. Guys, if you didn't follow the Sons on Instagram or on Twitter and see all the awesome things that these guys were up to, I, I feel sorry for you. Guys, I was living vicariously through you. I wish I could have been there. We have an awesome episode for you guys today. We're going to talk all that and more. But first, Bill, where are you at? I am in New Jersey, the wonderful Garden State. I uh, wanted to thank you, uh, Mr. Steven Spielberg, for the wonderful introduction and the wonderful senior video we're going to get right into. I'm in the Garden State with my good friend, Patrick Finn, just a few uh, few miles south, and Pat Finn, my buddy here, has a has a hokey haiku lined up for us. Bill's been telling everyone I live in South Jersey because I live south of where Billy lives. Uh, I don't live in South Jersey, but let's get into this haiku. <laughs> Brought to you by the Main Street Farm, Doctor Jeremy counts now with a mullet. If you've seen him. Him and his friendly staff, they will greet you with a smile when you walk into the Main Street Pharmacy. They got all of your COVID-19 necessities, toilet paper, hand sanitizer. I think they have Cheez-Its. I mean, who doesn't love Cheez-Its? They got it all at Main Street Farm. Go in there. Say hi to Jeremy. He will greet you with a smile. They are an incredible pharmacy here in Blacksburg. Here's my haiku. I wrote it a couple minutes ago. Demetrius gone. Two haikus about this guy. Let's grab young Coley. I, I gotta tell you, Pat does a great job. Pat does a great job. You know, we're we're doing the prep. We're coming together. You guys don't submit any haikus, and it's like Pat, take us to the promised land. Put on your Shell Silverstein cap, and this guy just goes to work. So, shout out to Pat Finn, and I wanted to before we get started, shout out the seniors at Virginia Tech. Um, Pat and I spent time uh, in Blacksburg this week, and we'll get into that towards the end of the podcast. Uh, And Grayson put out a fantastic video for the seniors, but more than anything, more than it was great to be in Blacksburg and more than it was great to, you know, just kind of get back in the New River, uh, New River Valley, speaking to seniors um, about what they have gone through uh, in terms of, you know, you get on the plane, you go to Key West, 
those six to eight weeks that you have once you get off the plane and uh, Key West and get back to school are, you know, at least for me, the the best memories that I have from co- some of the best memories that I have from college and to lose out on that and um, deal with all of those challenges. And uh, it was great to see that it was a beautiful day in Blacksburg on graduation. The university did what they could um, to give seniors as much as a moment as they could, but none of us here, or, uh, anyone listening that isn't a senior at Virginia Tech, doesn't really know what they're going through. So we're sending our support. We're doing everything we can to um, help you through these trying times. We're really excited to see the positive impact that you put your degree to use. So God bless you. We love you. And, um, you know, we're definitely here for you and uh, support you. Aside from that, there's some positive news and there's some negative but expected news that uh, that happened this uh, these past few days here in Cruton. But Pat, Jalen, let's start with the positive news here. Jalen Jones, talk to me about our buddy JJ here. Jalen Jones, welcome to Virginia Tech. Jalen Jones committed a couple days ago. He is a 6'1 wide receiver from Thomas Jefferson High School. It's right in the uh, the RVA. Shout out 804 Richmond, Virginia uh, for this 2021 class. And he is a uh, he's a three star point eight four six six composite rating, the number thirty recruit in Virginia. Had some offers uh, from a few ACC schools: UVA, uh, Wake Forest, Pittsburgh, um, and also Duke and BC. Our guy Matei Sis over at twenty four seven really really likes Jalen Jones's film. I suggest you go check it out. But uh, you know it's it's good to keep the Richmond pipeline going. And I'm excited for his future. Uh, hopefully, it's it's going to guide into some momentum for uh, some commitments here over the next few weeks. Absolutely. Completely agree on that. And, you know, we've talked about this, fellas. Grace and Pat, we've all talked about the impending Demetrius Davis situation. And to be completely honest, I mean, when he put out the, you know, the final three, um, I kind of raised my ears a little bit. Um, and I was like, hmm, that's interesting that he didn't include Auburn in there. And, you know, the guy promised a visit and then he's committing on a Sunday, which was kind of interesting. Um, you know, Pat here has a, a rant lined up before we get into that, Grayson, just talk to me a little bit about, uh, your reaction from the Demetrius Davis, uh, situation here. You know, honestly, Bill, I was with my grandfather, uh, shout out to, to granddad. I miss you a whole lot. And I remember it was over Christmas break. I was home for the holidays and I was at his house and we had just finished up dinner and we were talking about Demetrius Davis, who at the time had just within a month had committed to Virginia Tech. And we were so excited, so happy about it. And I remember him telling me, he said, Grayson, I'm very excited about it. But if I'm going to be completely honest with you, I don't think Demetrius Davis will ever play a game in a Virginia Tech uniform. And I kind of I kind of brushed that off like, eh, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like this kid's 100% in. Maybe I'm wrong. And turns out, uh, I, I think granddad, the many years of wisdom there turned out to be correct. As of now, it looks like Demetrius Davis will not ever play a game in a Virginia Tech uniform. An article came out quoting him on – his recruitment, why he's choosing Auburn, why he decommitted from Virginia Tech, what opportunities he sees at one school versus the other. And a couple of things were on there. Uh, he says, I know that Coach Morris, so that's Chad Morris, offensive coordinator, 
will be there for all four years of my years there. Okay. Then he says the picture of Auburn compared to Virginia Tech, everything academically was better. Pause for laughter. Virginia Tech wasn't in the same league as Auburn, and I had to be smart. I had to realize I was going to Virginia Tech to play fast. When I committed to the Hokies, I knew I could play there my first year. But then I thought it would be okay to sit behind someone like Bo Nix my freshman year. I know that even if I'm not starting, my time is coming. All right. A couple things here that are just like, I don't know if this was taken all out of context from the reporter and he was just kind of stringing quotes together or not. But from what his article entails, it's essentially Demetrius Davis is kind of just pulling out his lunch. He's, he's, he's backstabbing the Virginia Tech Hokies football program, man. First of all, Chad Morris is not guaranteed to be at Auburn all four years that Demetrius Davis is there. Chad Morris is one of the best offensive minds in college football. And, you know, who's to say he doesn't get poached by, you know, a team like a Memphis um, or, you know, a, a lower power five team. I mean, he's eventually going to join the ranks of, of, uh, of head coachery, you figure. So that's one. Academics. What? What? Who in their right mind, and no offense if there's any, you know, Auburn graduates or big time Auburn fans listening to this Virginia Tech podcast, or, you know, if you got a spouse who went there or something, but Auburn does not compare to Virginia Polytechnic Institute and State University. I mean, what's going on with that? Now, I, I did see Will Stewart made a pretty good point, and he said, well, maybe it's reflecting on the actual, um, you know, the tutoring services and the support academically that athletes receive at Auburn. And that is a good point. But the way that this article made it out to be is that it's, you know, the overall umbrella of academics. So go look up your niche.com, Princeton Review, any other type of college rankings, and you will not find Auburn listed anywhere close to Virginia Tech academically. And uh, yeah, take that. I don't know. And then a little sneak diss, as Grayson likes to say. Sneak diss, saying that he'd play right away. Dude, you got three mega-talented quarterbacks in front of you, Mr. Davis, okay? Hendon Hooker is a stud. If you pull up Taj Boyd's new film, film review sessions that he's putting on Twitter, he's speaking very highly of Mr. Hooker. And then we got Quincy, who is going to be Play, he's going to be on the field this season, whether it's you know lining up in the backfield or at quarterback. He's too talented not to have on the field. And then Braxton Burmeister, who Coach Fuente said is the most athletic uh, in the quarterback room. So you're not coming in and starting right away. Let's let's get that thing. Uh, let's get that straight here. Sitting behind Bo Nix is Bo Nix really that much better than Quincy Patterson, Hendon Hooker, Braxton Burmeister? I don't know about that. I know that this is a this is just still very sketchy, fishy, interesting. This guy was all in on Virginia Tech, and then I mean he puts Tech in the top three, so yeah, it's gonna give a ton of people a glimmer of hope. And then he's like, "Yeah, well, we're just gonna shock the world and choose Auburn, even though you know there's a, a dozen crystal balls in for our Auburn. Everyone knew where he was going. 
Let me say this as well. And, and I typically, you know, don't think that we're coming at this from saying that he should have gone to Virginia Tech or he should have done this or he should have done that. What we're arguing about or what we're talking about is simply you come out and you decommit from Virginia Tech. You say that you're going to take your visits. You say you're going to take your time. And I'm not trying to tell somebody how to run their recruitment, okay? But if you're going to come out and put out an article and say things that are factually just not true, we're going to have an opinion about it. I'm not tweeting at the kid saying he should have done something different, but we're just breaking down what he, with the words that he said. And also on Bo Nix, he says, yeah, sure, I can sit behind Bo Nix freshman year. Bo Nix is a sophomore. Bo Nix is going to be – unless he leaves after this year, he's still going to be there. So – you know, just very, very interesting comments um, and flat out wrong comments as well. So I, I really, I, I was baffled when, when I read them as well. Grayson, do you have any, uh, any take on, on this re, uh, re-decommitment deal? Pat really hammered home the, the academics. And I want to reiterate that Auburn's acceptance rate, gentlemen, is 83.9% admission while Virginia Tech's is 70.1%. So it is statistically harder to get into Virginia Tech than it is to go to Auburn. Numbers don't lie. That's all I'm going to say. Also, Hokie Twitter, I love you. I love you so much. But if you thought that Demetrius was going to decommit only to then a week and a half later recommit, I don't, I don't want to call you naive, but you kind of had to figure that he was going to go somewhere else. I'm just saying. Love the optimism. I really do. But at some point, you got to be honest with yourself a little bit. I can't, I can't lie to you, Grayson. I was, when he didn't put Auburn in his top three, I was like, oh, wait. Oh, oh kinda, wait. That's kind of well, interesting. I guess a lot of people figured maybe he was going to do the surprise where he came out and just said Auburn, which he ended mm-hmm. up doing. But – Speaking of the Twitter machine, at one point, gentlemen, Demetrius Davis tweeted not to use VT for clout if you're not serious about going there, which is now very unpleasantly ironic um, because he is no longer going to VT. So transitioning, Latrell Neville tweeted the deuces emoji Sunday. We're recording on Monday, but he tweeted the deuces emoji yesterday. Guys, what do you think? Was that to Demetrius Davis or was that to his commitment to Virginia Tech? Pat, we'll start with you. I can I I'm sorry. I don't mean I don't mean to be a jerk here, but I'm just gonna say this. I'm so over trying to read kids smoke signals and trying to read kids emojis and their gifts and their top 25s and all this stuff like hey recruit kid like it's your moment do it the way you want to do it i ain't got to, if you want to put out a top 275 and list the 275 schools that you're that you're considering do your thing but i'm just not in the business of trying to guess what these 17 and 18 year old kids are doing because a I get frustrated at a 17 or 18 year old kid, which is a unfair and just a waste of energy. And B, they're playing the game. That's what they're doing. Latrell Neville tweets out the deuces, and he knows that hey, Pat's going to be. You know, I think it's at Demetrius Davis or the other way, and then I'm going to think the other way, and then me and Pat are going to fight each other on Twitter, and then Latrell Neville's going to sit back in his uh, kickback chair and just be like, "Look at these two dummies arguing about me." So, Latrell Neville, I hope the deuces just meant like I'm going to sleep in my hokey sweatshirt. Like that's what I hope the deuces meant. Sorry, Pat, go ahead, buddy. 
I could not agree more with you. This is just the the clout chasing generation. It is crazy, man. Like, I mean, I know that's just like how it, how it is for everyone, and I'm not an 18 year old kid sure. who is going to be a star on a college campus. But man, like, what is going on? And again, I'm not telling a kid not to do it because they obviously get the attention that they're looking for and they're all playing the game. But at the same standpoint, like I'm just saying myself, I'm not going to waste mental cycles trying to analyze what a, what a kid is doing. It's not my cup of tea. It's not how I want to spend my time. At the end of the day, it's what kids do nowadays for the most part. I want the best kids to come to Virginia Tech and I want the kids that come to Virginia Tech to want to be there as well. So, um, you know, this is not us taking shots at 18 year olds or specific 18 year olds. It's more so just, you know, I'm trying to sling some software, like, you know, Kate, like watch some Virginia tech football and hopefully we can be as good as possible. So, you know, that's my response to the, uh, emoji, uh, the emoji tweet, Grayson, sorry to, you know, get a little, get a little riled up there. It just makes me think of back in the day, like back in 2013. Y'all remember oh, the application? Oh, we just aged ourselves. We just aged yeah, ourselves. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're old boys now. I don't know if you guys remember that application Vine. People used to say, do it for the Vine. Now these young, these young soon-to-be student-athletes are saying, do it for the Ticket Twitter. for the talk. Yeah, whatever. Ticket for the talk. Ticket for the talk. Got to do it. Um, <laughs> Some articles came out. I got to say, applause to journalism is not dead. We had some uh, incredible journalism that came out. Um, so we're going to just run through that real quick. Norm Wood put out a interview where we talked about one of my least favorite things, um, silent commits. Grayson, I don't believe you were on the podcast when we talked about silent commits. What is your, uh, what is your angle on silent commits? Bill, I've I've seen you talk about it on on Twitter, and obviously I listened to the episode uh, where you and Pat discussed that. And I mean, three times a charm, I stamp it. A silent commitment to me is worth as much as a contract without ink on the dotted line. Like one hundred percent, every single day of the week, miss me with that crap that is silent commitments like you're either in or you're out and if you want to be a hokey then why are you staying silent about it like if you want to come and play for coach Fuente and his staff and be in Blacksburg and be a part of one of the best atmospheres in all of college football one of the best family environments in all of college football don't stay silent about it be about it and say hey I'm gonna be a hokey so there that's how I feel about silent commitments not a fan I'm going to double down on that. Um, and like I said earlier, I want players that will come here, good folks, and want to be at Virginia Tech. Um, with that being said, I will say I'm refusing to judge this recruiting class until signing day occurs. Um, do I like silent commits and do I put any value into them? No. Um, so I really, you know, the article is fine. Uh, it was just one of the many things that uh, that Norm Wood talked about with Coach Fuente, so I didn't really have a problem with it. I'm just, you know, that's my stance on silent commits. Um, but again, it really doesn't matter because if they were committed, I'm, st- I'm still not judging this class until signing day. Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows going to come in for quarterback? Who knows who's going to commit and decommit? So there are a lot of moving pieces, and as we talked about with Matei, this is a very unique recruiting cycle. So um, 
that's that's that. And Coach Fuente, at the end of the day, knows how these kids feel, has had conversations with these kids more so than anyone. So, um, you know, in Coach Fu, I trust. Uh, other than that, Pat, our good friend Christian Webster had a huge week last week. Talk to me about it. Christian Webster was named to the ESPN uh, college basketball 40 under 40. So this article ranks the best young coaches in college basketball, whether they are assistants or head coaches. And two things I wanted to point out about this list here. Coach Christian Webster came in at number 29. And I'll read the description here. Webster was an assistant for three seasons to Buzz Williams in Blacksburg and then stayed put last season for the dawn of the Mike Young era. As a player in 2012, Webster was part of the first Harvard team to appear in the NCAA tournament in 66 years. That's awesome. It says a lot about Coach Webster. I mean, you know, we, we had a solid 45 minutes with him a couple weeks ago. Uh, go ahead, listen to that podcast if you haven't heard it. He's an incredible young mind in college basketball. I think he's He's 27 or 28 years old, and he has been part of some great staffs and is really learning and also is an incredible recruiter. I mean, we, we pull these great recruiting classes uh, so far. I mean, our, uh, our 2020 and 2021 classes are looking solid. I know we made a top six uh, this earlier this week uh, for a four-star. But it says a lot about uh, Coach Webster and – Another thing I wanted to say on this list is that uh, Wofford's new head coach, Jay McCauley, 36 years old and had huge shoes to fill when Mike Young left for Tech. And he was an assistant uh, at Wofford for a while under Coach Young. So it says a lot about Coach Young as well that two of uh, his staffers are on this list, even though Coach Webster was only on, the, uh, on his staff for one season so far. Uh, seeing Jay McCauley on there, uh, shows a lot about that Coach Young coaching tree, uh, if you want to make a parallel to uh, college football and their uh, their coaching trees. Sticking to the basketball theme, Billy Ray, I know you were all over this conversation. You didn't really get involved, but you know we were all watching from the sidelines here about uh, Virginia Tech and the women's program and some tweets. What was going on? Pat, do you mind uh... – can you hand me my shield over there? Here, just hand me that shield. Okay, I'm going to need that. Great. Can you hand me my helmet, Grayson? I'm going to strap up my helmet. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm put on my helmet. All right. I'm going to read a tweet. I am going to present facts, and then I'm going to give my opinion on this tweet. Okay, here we go. OxVT. Guy does stats all day. He puts out this tweet near midnight. Quote, in 2019, VT Women's Basketball brought in a meager $885,000 in revenue while incurring $4.3 million in expenses, a loss of $3.4 million. What could that additional $3.4 million do for the football program? Can a $3.4 million loss for a sport be sustained in a COVID-19 world. Late night thought balloon emoji. Let me preface my comments by saying I am an avid supporter of all athletic, athletic programs at Virginia Tech. I am a huge fan of Coach Brooks. 
on this very podcast, we have talked multiple times about the leaps and bounds that the Virginia Tech women's basketball team has made. We have reported on VT women's lacrosse as well. Huge fans of the women's lacrosse team. Shout out to the Sons of Sat. Uh, and I have actually, personally, I have actually parted with hard-earned dollars to donate to women's sports. So I respect all, all at Virginia Tech athletics and want to see the basketball team continue to progress. With that being said, here are some other headlines across the NCAA that came out that same week. Akron announced the cutting of men's cross country, men's golf, and women's tennis. This is going to save their university around $4.4 million. The MAC conference. This is not some like, you know, bozo conference that you never heard of. You guys like Maction? Midweek Maction? We've heard yes. of the Macs. We've heard of the Mac. Action. They're on the ace. They're on the ESPN. They announced on Tuesday that they would change its men's and women's basketball schedules and conference tournaments to eliminate them. Eliminate the conference tournaments in eight sports, beginning with the 2020 and 21 season. This comes with a series of cost-cutting measures that stem from the financial fallout from the coronavirus pandemic. Here are some other headlines: Bowling Green. They eliminated baseball last week as well. So Bowling Green's getting rid of baseball. Furman announced that they're going to be eliminating baseball as well. Unprecedented financial impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. Here's what I have to say about this. I actually took the liberty of calling OxVT. If you look at OxVT's Twitter profile, he, is, he went to Pamplin. He's very statistics driven. But I asked him, I said, hey, look, here's, here's, the, here's how I read your tweet your first two sentences about how much they brought in and how much they had it expensed. Those are facts. That's not an opinion. That's not something you can argue with or disagree with or whatever. That, that's just a fact. The sentence that got you in trouble was what could the additional $3.4 million do for the football program? That's where it got you in trouble. So I asked him, I was like, Hey, like, you know, are you saying that Virginia Tech wins basketball is a waste of time? Are you discounting the progress that they've made? What are you doing? He says, no, here's what happened. I had access to the Virginia Tech football revenue numbers. I had access to the basketball numbers and I had access to women's basketball. He said, I purely was looking at this from an analytical perspective, how much money is being brought in and how much money is being lost, especially with the balancing of books that our athletic department is going to have to do right now. He also said, if I had the statistics for men's golf and it was the same amount, or if I had the statistics for wrestling or any other sport, I would have weighed in on that, but I didn't have access to that. The last thing that I wanted to do was say that I'm looking to get rid of women's basketball. So I, I can understand some, some outrage from that, from that standpoint, but you know, to go as far as to call him a misogynist or call him a sexist, I mean, guys, we really have to look at what he's saying. It's 100% a fair question to ask. In the last 10 years, Virginia Tech women's basketball losses from the program have increased 150% in the last 10 years. So I want to keep women's basketball. I think that it's a great program. I think we're doing great things. I love the progress that you made. And this team would have gone to the NCAA tournament this year. Very proud of the women's basketball team. The only question that I have is given the times that are presented with COVID-19, how are we able to find a way to make those losses shrink? How can we find a way to get creative with the checkbook, get creative with the scheduling, get creative with what we can do in order to keep these different athletic programs afloat? 
So I just wanted to come out and say that I think it's a fair question. I love getting some insight into the cash flow and getting some insight into the background of these different programs. Could he have worded the tweet differently? Yes. Can you get angry at statistics and facts and, you know, call someone names because of that? No. So, you know, it was really cool to have different conversations. I had a conversation with David Cunningham, who obviously is extremely supportive of all sports at Virginia Tech. And um, I think it was a little bit of a misunderstanding, but definitely an eye-opening thing. You see, you, you know, you see colleges all over the country cutting different sports. So definitely something to keep an eye on. I just kind of wanted to weigh in on it. We spend a lot of time on the timeline. So that is my 10 cents on the OxVT Virginia Tech Twitter beef. I love everybody on the VT Twitter. Most of you. I love most of you. And, you know, I was thinking about it. This is a perfect time to talk about this. Sometimes, you know, we all argue. We all get angry on the timeline. And we all want the same thing. And the same thing that we want is we just want to be in Blacksburg and having a good time. And Pat and I had the opportunity to go to Blacksburg and have a good time. So, Pat, to put a smile on everybody's face, let's just quickly talk about our time in Blacksburg. I got to tell you, we started a new trend. Sons of supporting local businesses. Guys, Pat. Where did we go? So we kicked it off and uh, we went to Sharky's. We, <laughs> we order on the phone and pull up and we walk in and Billy sees Kyle Spatz and he just yells, sons of Kyle. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that, was, that was awesome. Got some, uh, some Long Islands to go. Uh, had, the, um, had a bomb, the bombs. We got cups to go. We got the glasses, the commemorative 2020 cups. Shout out again to the class of 2020. Um, so the shark, Sharky's trip was fantastic. We did two We did two Sharky's trips. We did two Centro Taco Bar trips as well. Time out. Was, review. Time out. Time out. Time out. I was out. about to say, I need a comprehensive review, boys. A lot of people don't know. Like, I was shocked at how many people on Instagram were were like were baffled that that Big Al's was not was no longer a thing. And let let, let me let me just say this right now: we love Big Al's. Big Al's is respected and adored on this podcast, and may they forever rest in peace. However, there's a new dog in town. There is a new dog in town, and, and I'm going to be honest with you: my review was altered. By my love for Big Al's, because I went in negatively. I'm like, oh man, there's no one falling down these stairs. You know, there's no, you know, there's no, uh, you know, no blood from someone busting their head on the railing. It's clean. There's no jerseys hanging on the wall. But then I was like, you know what? If this place hadn't replaced Big Al's, I would very much more appreciate it. They got margaritas. I mean, they're in the spin cycle. You know, you know the cool wash machines where you're able to wash the clothes, watch the clothes wash. Well, you're able to watch the margarita, margarita in the machine, so you get to watch that. Okay, we go up to the thing. Tacos are two fifty, two fifty a taco, and twenty percent off, and twenty percent off. And the tacos were good. They give you hot sauce. They give you a cool sauce. You get to leave with both sauces. So I'm shooting, shooting the crap with the dude up there. And I'm like, hey, man, like ownership. Let's talk ownership. Like, where, what branch are you guys? Like, are you under the same ownership as, as Big Al's or what's the deal? And they said, no, amigo, we are under the same ownership as Elrod's. And I was like, wow, Elrod's. Okay. I love Elrod's. That's awesome. And then we were like, all right, like what time do you close? And he goes, uh, somewhere between four and six. I said, really? Because the town ordinance says two. And he said, look, man, I don't know. We close at four or six. So, so that's cool. 
Um, and it's a restaurant slash bar. So they have tables, they have chairs. No one was sitting, sons of social distancing. But their deal is when you come in, you can sit down, indulge in some tacos, get you a margarita. Pat got a pina colada and people thought it was milk. Huge misconception there. Um, but then at 7.30, they'd pick the chairs up and then you get to do some salsian. You get to do some square dancing. Austin Cannon loves to square dance. You can do whatever you want upstairs. So it's going to be great. I'm fired up about it. Poor Billy's downstairs. That is gone. It's turning into a place called Korean. I think it's Korean Kitchen um, downstairs. So the international fair on, on both floors is just is just uh, is just out of this world and you got cabo fish taco right across the street so that's what's going on over at big house um we also stopped at Solvakis. um credit to our friends from castle guard Solvakis. we got the fully what did we get pat like the fully loaded sub yeah we did i think it was like the euro sub and we did a large so it was like literally like probably 20 inches long of mm-hmm. sub and we we got a nice uh a nice stout went outside, mm-hmm. ate it outside on the, uh, Got it the from steps. the cellar, the cellar six pack place. So sons are supporting other local business. That's right. And that was incredible too. Shout out Ben, Ben Galdo from Castle Guard for the recommendation. That, that man was so spot on with, uh, with, you know, he's like, I go in there and I get this every Sunday night before the Jordan documentary airs. Mm-hmm. And then I just eat it. And it takes me two hours to eat because it's just so big. And it was really it good. It took me five. It took me about five minutes to eat. Pat didn't Billy, eat all of his. I didn't so eat I all. I, I ate 75% of it. Billy said, hey, man, you're going to eat that? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I mean, like, I want to, but, like, I, I don't think I can. And Billy, you know, before I even look, it's in Billy's hands, and he's eating it. And I'm just like, all right, Billy's eating it. So, uh, and then and he ate my fries, too, and it was a whole ordeal. But, you oh, know, man. sons of stealing fries. Sons of stealing fries, sons of feeding people who are still hungry. So, you know, that's, that's brothership. And also, shout out to PKs. We have some breaking news here also. PKs, didn't know about the breadsticks. Our new, breaking mm. news here, our new brand ambassador. Shout out to Nadia. Nadia is one of our new brand ambassadors. She's like an astrophysicist engineer. Like she makes rockets or does some crazy stuff. She gets hundreds on her finals. Like shout out to Nadia. She's a stud. Uh, She's going to be a brand ambassador. She's just like, yo, we're doing a meeting. Like I love PKs. I love breadsticks. Let's get the breadsticks. And Pat, you were raving about the breadsticks. Oh man, those breadsticks were, uh, were something else. We were at John Cran hanging out with John Cran and he knew all about those breadsticks. The breadsticks are a big hit. I had gotten me and Pat split a pizza, if you want to call it a split, um, and then I had gotten the kitchen sink, I believe it's called, or something like that. Um, I got that. That was really good. We did Benny's. Um, I'm trying to think if we've missed anything. There's a new Mediterranean place called Meza, Meza. in town. Uh, it's very similar to Cava. Um, they had a buy one get one uh, bowl going. I mean, that's basically stealing. It's like you spend thirteen bucks, you get the other one that's thirteen bucks for free. I mean, come on. Like, what they we- had bogo going. Did you get two? They had bogo going. I didn't know about no. this whole bogo Here, thing. No, I did the. We bogo went together. I know, but I did it with Ian already, so I lost the bogo. There was no bogo for Bilbo. Like, there was no more bogo, so we ran out of Bil- We ran out of this bogo. Did Did you guys literally do like the pubs of Blacksburg tour? Because that's what it sounds like. Somebody's got to support. Somebody's got. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. I swear. And I'm. Let me let me say, if it wasn't already blatantly obvious, <laughs> I am so 
jealous. And we missed G, G baby. We missed you, man. Seriously, we kept looking at each other and we're like, yo, we're really missing Surfer Dude here, man. Like, I wish, <laughs> I wish, I wish, great, I wish Grayson was here. We shout, were out little, shout out John Cranham. Shout out John Cranham. We also went golfing with Lays and Torg. I mean, Lays, talk about a guy who's just laser focused on the golf course. This guy is actually embodying sons of bombing balls down the fairway. That was, that was not what I did. I hit the ball at least 183 times. Uh, Pat would ask me, Hey man, what'd you hit? And I'd say, just give me a 10 every, basically every single time. So got a yeah. little practice, got to do some practice, but um, we, went, we pulled up to Cox driving range on Thursday night. Cause we were teeing off on <laughs> Friday morning and Billy's like, yeah, you know, I, I've only golfed one time in my entire life. I'm just like, wait, are you, are you kidding me? We're playing the river course tomorrow. Like, uh-oh. <laughs> so, you know, sons of instruction was teaching Bill, uh, some yes. of the pointers where to, where to, uh, shift his hips, how far to stand away from the ball, how to hold the club, how to hold the club, uh, which, which hand the glove goes on, uh, you know, <laughs> the glove ripped, kind of by stuff. the way, his glove ripped, but, uh, yeah, lays, we got it get there at the first tee and he just hits this freaking bomb and we knew we were in for a long day paul torgerson was uh not as good as lays off the tee but had a great short game i think lays hit a 83 paul had a 86 and then bill and i were north of uh north of triple digits there but I think we'd be know. remiss if we didn't share if Paul Torg were to come on here and ask people to do one thing that we ask people to do. What would Paul Torg ask these folks to do? Oh, he'd tell them to join the Hokey Club. Uh, join the Hokey Club, something like join that. Join the Hokey Club. That's shout right. Out to, shout out to PT. Huge fan. Love seeing you on the links. Um, and, and last shout out from the trip, man. And Grayson, we'll get a West Coast update here. John Cran. I mean, this guy is just a superstar been there since day one if there were tears to this if there were levels to this jc is a platinum sons of saturday fan good friend unbelievable uh unbelievable in just every way got to see john cran and his wonderful family this uh this past weekend and i gotta say can't thank him enough uh can't thank him enough for that he's playing some bruce on the boat pat some bruce Oh man, we were we we're getting a little boat ride on Saturday, and I'm like, Cranman, we got to hear some Bruce before we get off this boat. So he fires up, fires up uh, of Backstreets and Tenth uh, Avenue freeze out, and the boys Oof. were rocking and rolling. That was an incredible uh, couple hours with the Cran fam. Big shout out to Kim Cornell, Caitlin, and Kristen Cranham squad. We loved it, and uh, also all the dogs. They got they got they got more dogs than I got anything. I don't know. They got a lot of dogs too. <laughs> they're good dogs. Great, especially Grayson, California living. Give us a West Coast update. First off, to top off the West Coast report, the Cali report. John Cranham thinks that I'm this surfer dude. To be honest, I've never surfed in my life, but I do wakeboard John Cranham. And the next time I am in the New River Valley and you want to have me come out and spread the gnar butter on the shred bread, (laughs) I will be there with bells on to do so at your lake house. So let's do it, brother, you and me. 
we'll throw some tantrums and do some rallies. And for those of you who don't know what that means, you're just not steez enough. Catch up, son. <laughs> so West Coast Report. Uh, <laughs> first off, Pat and Bill, love that you guys had a blast. Wish I could have been there. Cannot hammer that home enough. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it big. Penn State game. You know what's going to happen, all of that. We'll be there. We'll be there. So my uh, my story from the West Coast, um, so word on the street is, according to California state law, that the beaches, you know, you're supposed to only be able to go there to exercise. I went up to Malibu this weekend to get some exercise in, 20 pounds in 2020. We're still on that. Going a little bit slower than anticipated, but we're still working at it. Bill, I think, is he's, he's way ahead of me, but it's all right. <laughs> So I went up there to go on a walk, get some fresh air, get out of quarantine, and I got to the beach, and people were just chilling there on the beach. They had their coolers, their canopies. They're sitting there sunbathing. I'm like, what the heck's going on right now? Sons of not social distancing. No bueno. Jeremy Counts at Main Street Pharmacy would not approve of this at all. So people, you know, the media is saying that, California isn't social distancing on the beach. I saw it firsthand. That's not true. But that means if we aren't practicing social distancing, this means that there could be no college football in the fall, which means no jocks or dailies, which makes for a very, very unhappy Grayson. That means no Irish coffees from Shannon. Bill, you know about Shannon. that. I love we Shannon. had some Shout Irish coffee. What a sweetheart. What a sweetheart. Pat, the next time you're in LA, we'll go pay her a visit. So, West Coast Report, that's all I got. It's beautiful out here, but guys, seeing you guys do your thing in Blacksburg this week, I got to get home. I got to get home ASAP. First stop on that list is to see John Cranham and do some wake surfing. So, absolutely. Um, wow. What a, what a roundup there. And we're going to kick to take us home here. We got letters from the lunch pound. Who's that presented by? We're good friends go. We're good friends went, Pat. We're good friends went. We're good Twice. friends had we're good we're good friends had wings. Twice. Uh sat out sons of Kyle, you know, wheeling and dealing, drinking up the drinks. Well, not drinking them up, but serving up the drinks. They're fantastic. So shout out to Sharkies. Shout out to Kyle. First question. Center City Hokey. Do you all listen to any other podcasts right now? Are there any other podcasts that inspired ye all? And are there any other podcasts y'all try to mimic their style? I'm going to take this one. And I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast before. Um, so I had actually been podcasting since my junior year of college um, when my medical DQ uh, thing began. Uh, I was doing it with my buddy, Willie Hansen. It was called the Hung Up Podcast. Uh, we had sold t-shirts. We had learned how to carry a show, how to do transitions, um, market it through Twitter through Instagram and shout out John LaRock. He's been a, uh, been a follower since, since the hung up podcast, but we had great interviews. Dalton Reisner, who's on the, uh, who's in the NFL now, Juwan Winfrey. I mean, we had some, some great interviews and it really kind of set the tone for me, uh, and taught me how to do it there. Um, and then, you know, the rest is history. We'll get into the whole story on how this started with me, Grayson and Pat, but long story short, we kicked it off. And something that I've really used as a barometer or how I, do the podcast. I mean, obviously I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast cause I enjoy it, but Bill Simmons is the owner of the ringer and Bill Simmons is the BS podcast 
sports oriented, brings in guests. Um, so I, I really follow what he does. He also has a rewatchables podcast, which is where we base uh, how we do watching old games. Um, I'm a huge fan of how he does, how he does that and how he carries a show. So I would say if I mimic a style, it would be very similar to the Rosillo podcast or the, uh, or the BS podcast. Grayson, what are you throwing in when you, uh, when you listen to podcasts? For my podcast listening, you know, if I'm not listening to the Suns because I love the Suns, love the Suns of Saturday, I am listening to, uh, I listen to TMG, Cody Coe and Noel Miller. Uh, it's kind of a comedy-centered podcast. Both of those guys are based out of Los Angeles. Both are very actively involved in the YouTube community, which I'm uh, I'm a huge fan of. I, I really love listening to them. They're a little bit more kind of social commentary but I like their ebb and flow. It's just like us, you know, it's very conversational. It's very relaxed. There's not a lot of pressure. Um, and I, and I think it provides good insight on life and the current world around us in a very humorous way. Pat, what are you listening to? Yeah, for me, uh, I like to plug into part of my take every now and then, uh, just because I think PFT is like one of the funniest dudes that I've ever heard speak. That guy is just an absolute character. Big Cat's pretty funny too. Hanks, he's all right. And then uh, as far as college football goes, The Solid Verbal is an incredible podcast. They really are knowledgeable fans. Ty Hildebrandt and Dan Rubenstein. Plug into The Solid Verbal. I usually only really listen to it during the season. Uh, Don't follow it too much in the offseason because they don't really talk that much about Virginia Tech. But... um, it was cool because when we got started, we uh, I reached out to both Ty and Dan uh, over at email and just asked them for some podcast tips and advice and whatnot, and both of them replied with extremely lengthy responses, and I think they both even you know cracked into one of our episodes. I think it was like the Notre Dame game review or something, and uh, that was really cool, and definitely big fans of them. They do live shows across the country uh, a couple times a year. And then uh, shout out Too Deep. I always plugged into Too Deep as well as Don V, uh, Don V Fridays before I got you know, roped into this thing with these two uh, scallywags. I'll say, uh, yeah, that's another, that's another good point. I, d- I, do, uh, I do market research. I definitely tune in to all the different Virginia Tech podcasts. And it's kind of a running joke that there are a lot of them. But I, mean, I, got, I got to be honest, I really like that there are a bunch of opinions out there. I don't think having one source to get your news is the way to do it. I, I love that there are different opinions out there. Two-minute po- uh, drill podcast is fantastic. Um, there are a lot of good Virginia Tech podcasts out there. So um, shout out to everybody doing it. it it's, it's not easy. You're sitting down and creating content every week um, and or, or whatever your uh, schedule is. So, um, you know, it takes a lot of planning. It takes a lot of effort. And um it's good to see a lot of people passionate about Virginia Tech. Grant Watson, with the next letter, how would you rate your first experience with the Suvlaki Euro on a scale of 1 through 10? Well, first of all, Billy was calling it a gyro. Um, I don't you know, man. Cultured like, swine. Dude, you know what? I, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Like, we're in Blacksburg, Virginia. Like, you know, there were there wasn't a Greek dude or Greek lady in the entire establishment. Like, it's just – it was pretty much a sub sandwich with lamb on it. Like that's, that's what it was. It wasn't even a real gyro. So, but with that being said, it was a fantastic sandwich. So I'll go, I'll go with, I'll go with like an eight, I'll go with like a seven and a half. Like I, I really wish right. I ate there more when I was at tech. Um, it was fantastic. It was everything I could have asked it to be. I'll just go 10. I'll stop being whacked. Yeah. Well, I need it again. 
Grayson, you take this one. What's one neutral site stadium not on schedule in the future? The only one right now that is on the schedule in the future is uh, Vanderbilt at Nissan Stadium that you'd want to see Virginia Tech play in. Honestly, it kind of – I guess if we're talking game openers, I don't – you know, we, I've seen us play in Atlanta. I've seen us play at FedEx. I, I'm, I'm thinking more from like a bowl game perspective where two fan bases show up. Obviously, I've said this before, Rose Bowl is number one on my list. I mean, I would sell my kidneys to watch the Hokies play in the Rose Bowl. Um, I would, I would love us to. I would love to see us play in the Cotton Bowl. I think would be really, really cool to see us play in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, that's uh, that's honestly. And, oh, and then the the new Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta, down where Bill's at. Mm-hmm. Son's got to get together in Atlanta to watch the Hokies play. That'd be sick. It's fantastic. I'll be watching uh, Florida State in their opener uh, in Mercedes Benz this year. So fired up about that. Next question that we have here, the program from Al Jones. Al Jones, yo, shout out to Al Jones, man. Al Jones has done a fantastic job creating graphics, creating awesome picks. You know, when Jalen Jones committed, he created that VA uh, to VT, 804 to VT. So shout out to my guy, AJ. The program seems to be going full force with the hashtag hard hat mentality. Hard hat emoji on the recruiting trail, social media, replacing LPD briefcase <laughs> and even hard smart tough in most cases. Do you think it is currently our best sell, even with our great history and unique brand? If not, what are your ideas, Patrick? Best sell, I think at this point, yes. I do would I, I'd love to know what kind of alternatives that we can kind of throw out there. Uh, the first thing that just comes to mind is electricity. Uh, you know, 1999, the front of Sports Illustrated, Mr. Electric is Michael Vick, and there's like a lightning bolt coming down, and we've had some – Electric players over the years, you know, if it's Vic or Kevin Jones or Eddie Royal, Tyrod, Marcus Vic, Tavion Robinson. I mean, we, we have had some some game breakers over the years, and I don't know if that uh, that could be something worth capitalizing on, but that's kind of like an initial thing that comes to my mind right away. Uh, do I think it's our best sell with our great history and unique brand? It is definitely a fit. I will say it is definitely a fit. You do associate a hard hat, gritty, bring your lunch pail to work type uh, mentality with Virginia Tech football today in 2020. Completely agree. Patrick Lawrence, fantastic question. Might open a can of worms and probably worth an entire episode. What are your thoughts on payment and benefits for player likeness? the impact of that on recruiting moving forward and how VT can compete in those bidding wars. Do the donation portals, even the playing field, Patrick, I'm going to say that straight up, we're not dodging the question. I want to get someone that is a little bit more educated on it, whether it be within the program or someone that studies it a little bit, it's definitely going to be something that is going to be an entire podcast. So this is something we're going to table and absolutely answer in the future. I would definitely listen to our episode with uh, Professor Wardelek. She did touch on this about how we could involve the school and how that may be something that we'll be able to capitalize on. But I definitely want to do a little bit more research before I dive into an answer on that. 
I'm going to give a 15-second answer, kind of like a preview. I grew up in northern New Jersey, and I would go to the Bridgewater Mall, and there was a LIDS at the Bridgewater Mall. And I would go into that LIDS maybe once or twice a year just to hope and pray that a Virginia Tech logoed hat would be on display at the LIDS because, you know, there's Texas, there's North Carolina, there's Notre Dame, there's USC. All these schools are always featured at LIDS. Virginia Tech was never featured. I see that those big-time brand schools are going to completely take advantage of this situation, and some of the smaller schools or not nationally brand-recognized schools are not going to be able to do as well um, as those big brand schools. Quickly on the flip side, just really quickly, Patrick, I will say it's going to be interesting to see what happens with schools like Georgia Tech, USC, even Rutgers, uh, schools that are closer to cities, Boston College, because they're going to have more investment opportunities uh, from alumni that went to those schools and from, you know, there are more billboards in Boston than there are in Blacksburg. You can get as angry about that as you may, but that's just a factoid. Um, from Gilbert Gallego, Galileo, Gallego, since the Texas Taviti is not a movement, will the coaching staff focus on securing the state for recruits? I don't, I mean, we have three kids in the boat from Texas. I don't think like Texas to VT means that that's the only pipeline that we're looking to exercise. I would say that it's definitely still a movement. Alex Bryant, Robert Wooten, and Latrell Neville definitely have something to say about that. Um, I wouldn't take this D Davis thing as being something that kind of ruins that. Um, So, you know, I think there's definitely got to be some more focus on the state of Virginia, and I think Jalen Jones is going to help with the momentum of that. But just to say, because D. Davis went elsewhere, that the Texas to VT movement is not a thing is just, I don't think, very accurate. Um, but thank you for the submission. I was about to Great. say, who, who said that Texas to VT isn't a movement? We're all right. We got, we got some boys from Texas coming up our way. So, But, Bill, to, uh, to reiterate what you said, I think now – given the circumstances with the Demetrius Davis situation, it's now it's time to put the lock on, on the Commonwealth. It's really time to tighten up the screws there. And Jalen Jones is a step in the right direction in, in making sure that that happens in the coming recruiting classes. Andy bird asks, when will we start to see the silent commits start to become verbals? Who will be the first to make the move? Who do you think has the most offer VT football of our current 2020 class? Wow. Um, I mean, again, I just don't know. Like, like there's not much that's going to change. Kids are not going to start visiting campus. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of unsure there. Um, yeah, I, I just, Andy, I, I don't, I don't have an answer for you. I'm interested to see what happens. Um, but you know, with the uncertainty of when the country will open up and how kind of what you can do with recruiting right now, it's just so unpredictable. So we'll have to see what happens with that. Bijan Peters. Hey, sons of Sat. Do you think teams announcing they'll be playing in stadiums without fans will impact recruiting transfer portal activity? If other teams are able to fill their stadiums, what if some teams can't play at all, but others can. So Bijan, another, another, question that we're going to touch on because there's just not enough time in, in this podcast this is our last question to answer but I'll give you a couple of nuggets for you um I don't know how 18 year olds are going to react to this I don't know just being transparent if we're going to play football I don't know if there'll be fans 
Um, I'm hopeful for both of those things, but I, I just don't know. I think the most interesting thing that I've kind of, you know, thought of over this entire time is they keep kicking around this idea of going conference only schedule, which, you know, is fine. And I'd have no problem with that. And it, it makes sense. But then my question becomes, if we go conference only and all the conferences go conference only, what the hell is Notre Dame going to do? Is Notre Dame going to have to pivot into joining the ACC? Is Notre Dame going to play non-conference opponents, um, soft non-conference opponents that don't have other games to play? So really interesting to see what the Irish do. Um, you know, obviously I'd love to have them in the ACC. Anyone that says they don't want Notre Dame in the ACC is just clowning themselves. Um, they're a historical program. It would be great to add them to the fold, uh, get some more star power there. So, you know, um, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, there's a lot of uh, stuff in the air here. Pat? Yeah, I think um, I know that this question was definitely referencing, like, what's going on out west because you got Oregon who's not going to have any – essentially home football games in this in the month of September. You got public schools in California that are canceling the semester and making the entire semester go virtual. Uh, however, the schools in California that play football are uh, private schools. So SC, UCLA, pretty sure UCLA is private. Uh, Grayson, yeah, Grayson's giving me the nod. And then Stanford. So like if I'm an Oregon football player – I think the best thing you got to do, if you're a coach, you got to say, Hey, we got to wait this thing out because I mean, Virginia tech and Penn state, they might not have fans at their game either. If if these games are being played, then it shouldn't be a reason for someone to uh, leave one school versus the other. Obviously the sec, it's really going to be very, very, very different as far as, um, you know, who's going to be saying that they're playing, who's going to be saying that they're playing with fans that kind of thing. But I think there will be some conversations about the transfer portal and uh, you know, from those folks out West, if they have an opportunity to play somewhere uh, in the Southeast, will they get a waiver? That's another thing. Probably not unless uh, you know, USC comes out and says, we are not playing football this year. Another yeah, thing I, to, I actually, stand cor- I know you're all good. I actually stand corrected. I thought UCLA was private. It is actually a public research university ranked number two in the nation. So there you go. Public school. Maybe Demetrius Davis should have gone there. (laughs) Oh, good hit. Good hit. Good hit. (laughs) Last thing I'll say on that subject, um, just because it popped in, a lot of people are proposing playing in the spring. That's ludicrous. Um, There's no way that we're going to play in the spring. The biggest cost, uh, the biggest moneymaker in the entire ACC is Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence is not going to trot himself out there to play football in February and March when he has an, uh, a draft and a combine to participate in. So their best interest and what they're, quite frankly, if possible, going to do is they're going to play this season on time. They're going to play as many games as they possibly can. From a draft perspective and kids want – I mean, look, like you can't blame them. If I'm Caleb Farley and we're playing games in February and March – I'm probably not participating in these games. I have a draft to get ready for. I have a combine to get ready for, and I don't want to get hurt. So I just don't see the spring thing happening. We're pulling for football. Grayson, go get your megaphone. Tell everybody to get off the freaking beach. Tell everybody to get socially distant. Um, Fellas, that just about wraps it up. I really appreciate the submissionary of the lunch palery. These are some great questions. Keep it up. Um, 
Anybody have any shout outs? Anybody last words? I think, go ahead guys. Yeah. Uh, I know I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. I said, Hey, listen to the sons of Saturday podcast, go and write us a review on your Apple podcast app. Give us whatever you think we deserve. But in the comments of your review, comment a Virginia tech football or basketball game that happened over the past whenever years that it was a underrated and an underappreciated game. For example, the one I like to talk about is the Duke game in 2014 where we went to Wallace Wade and beat a ranked Duke team. No one ever talks about that win. No one really ever talks about the Carolina win in 2017 either. We we beat them by like 52 points at home wearing the orange uniforms. Comment a game that you think is underappreciated. We will compile all of them and do a little segment on a uh, upcoming episode, but I see zero. I see zero in there. Please go ahead and uh, give us a review and give us a comment. Brendan Motley put up 51 points against Purdue at Purdue. There's another good one for you if you're looking for a, for a suggestion. Grayson, shout outs. Shout out to uh, AJ Borshad, who's coming on the podcast this Sunday. Another Los Angelino. Another hokey Angelino. He works over at Creative Artists Agency, who reps a lot of former Hokies who play in the NFL. So we're very, very excited to have him on the podcast this Sunday. Bill, shout-outs on your end. Shout-outs to our graduating seniors. Um, We love you. We're really excited for you. Um, Again, can't say that enough. Uh, Stay tuned. If you haven't watched it yet, Grayson did a fantastic job putting together a uh, commemoration for seniors, um, both combined with uh, current seniors talking about their favorite memories at Virginia Tech uh, and also alumni wishing them well. We also have a second installment because we received so much, uh, so so many letters or uh, videos, uh, submissions for this. So there is a second portion going out. And uh, I think you all will enjoy the uh, alumni guests that will uh, be giving them some words. But again, it's all about you guys and you gals. Congratulations. It is an incredible accomplishment to everybody that is graduating this year. You have done something that no one has done before. And um, I have no doubt that you will go on to do great things. So best of luck to you. Welcome back, everybody. Wednesday, May 13th, broadcasting from the Steve Upton Airbnb. Super excited to be here in Blacksburg, Virginia. The weather has been intermittent. The weather weather has been not great. (laughs) The weather's been not great as of late, Um, but 73 tomorrow, so we're excited about that. Um, What we're really excited about today is we bring on Tyree Showtime Saunders, our first ever recruit to join the podcast. Tyree is a wide receiver out of Jacksonville, Florida from First Coast High School. Sons of Luprosum. I love this when I did this. I did my my research, Tyree. Tyree Mm -hmm. is a member of the National Honor Society, volunteers at his local church, and delivers the sermon at Youth Sundays. Tyree! You're going to fit right in here, man. What's going on? How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you for having me on the show, man. I'm, I'm very appreciative to be on here, man. Well, we're excited to bring you uh, We're excited to bring you in here. And tell us a little bit about um, about your extracurriculars. That's great. I, I, that seriously it was great to read. Um, you know, you're really embodying the, the school slogan here of Oop Prosum that I may serve. Um, you know, what, else, what other kind of uh, events or, or outreach have you been doing over uh, in Florida? Uh, well, most of these 
it's a, it's a, it's really part of my church. You know, we do a lot of clothing getaways on certain Sundays, food giveaways uh, on special holidays like Thanksgiving, turkey giveaway or food baskets. You know, it's just really depending like what time of the year and what they really what our pastor want to do. So we really just do whatever, you know, she will comes over and we try to get it done. We do from clothing getaways to setting up tables to feeding the homeless to me uh, preaching uh, some on some youth Sunday because I don't I don't get every youth Sunday, but certain youth Sundays when she calls on me to come preach. But you know, it's just it's very I like I love it. I've been doing it for a long time, so I'm very appreciative of it. That's awesome, Tyree. That's fantastic. Um, and, and checking in with everything, unfortunately, uh, I know that you're a uh, track runner, uh, missing out on track, missing out on graduation. So from both of us, we congratulate you on graduation. It's an unfortunate circumstance, but just kind of want to get a sense as to how your last three or four months have gone. What have you been up to? Um, how have you kind of been managing this, uh, this situation? Uh, this situation, you know, is very unique, but I feel like my class of 2020, we built for, you know, a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. We was here when uh, 2011 happened, so you know, I guess this is, I guess, something else that we got to handle, take care of. But uh, ever since we've been out of school, I guess at least I have a lot more time on my hands, and I, it's kinda, it got kind of easy to get the school work kind of done because we don't, they don't they're not giving us that much work, so it really don't take that long to just knock it out. So I knocked it out a lot early in the morning and get the training. I usually train two times a day, one time in the morning and one time in the evening. And like early on, I was training like three times a day, but I had to cut back a little bit because my body, I didn't want to do too much of my body. But other than that, just really training, being with family a lot, and pretty much it, you can really pretty much what we've been doing. I have a question for you because I know you said uh, you're working out a couple times a day here trying to figure out your new routine, new regimen. Uh, what have you been doing? And are you sending videos back and forth of your workouts to uh, the 2020 class as well? Uh, yeah, I've been working out. You know, I've been working out before the whole virus thing going on because, you know, with my school, I'm part-time. So part-time is like I have a schedule. So instead of getting out uh, as, a, as a regular student, like at 2 o'clock of my school, get out at 2 o'clock, I'll finish school at 10.30. So from 10, you know, after 10.30, I'll grab something to eat. Then I'll go work out with my trainer and go lift. Majority of the time, they come out for practice, depending. So that was, it was track season. So I'll come out for track practice at 2.15, 2.30-ish after I lift early and after I got out of school. But with being out of being out of school now, uh, it depends on what day it is. Monday through Fridays, Monday through Wednesday is football days in the morning. So in the mornings, I go to the field, I do some training work with receivers who are in colleges, who are in college and NFL. Then even I got my track workouts at from five o'clock to like seven. So that was like those. That's almost every day, Monday through Thursday. Then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I do liftings in the morning with my trainer. So I do my BT workout because you know they send us a book. You know, certain workouts they want to do lifting wise. So I do that Tuesday and Thursday morning instead of the football workouts in the morning. So football workouts are Monday and Wednesday. Track is, I mean, lifting is Tuesday and Thursday. Then Friday, it depends if I want to do football or track, I leave it up to me. And then I got Saturdays and Sundays off. And that's what I've been doing for the past, since we've been out so past two or three months. Wow. And follow up to that, um, how has the competitive nature of the recruiting class, like, are you guys um, kind of collaborating back and forth, like talking about, because you said you got this VT book that has those workouts. So have you been uh, collaborating, you know, with some of the guys like Keonta and other guys in the 2020 class as well? Uh, yes, sir. No, we talk a lot. We all, we all, we all in one big group chat together. So we know all of us are working out. So, you know, we'll send pictures or videos when we all in the gym. Like they, like this morning, one of, like a couple of them has sent us a picture on our group chat of them in the gym. 
you know, lifting weights and stuff. So we know we all trying to get it in because we know coach, you know, they, they leaving it to us. Or are we going to put it in the work with nobody looking really? So we're just trying to show that you know, we're ready to come in working. We're ready to try to come and make a difference. But, you know, we keep talking to each other about that. And, you know, we love how everybody's just working, working on their own or working together, depending on because some, some of the recruits are together in the same state or in the same city. Just me and Keontae, me and Keontae, we worked out a couple of times together. Not as much, you know, as together if you want to, but we worked out a couple of times together. But, you know, we we really putting that work in on our own or each other, just trying to get ready for whenever the season is for us to come up there. That's fantastic. So as you get in uh, or as you're eyeing your uh, getting here at Virginia Tech, do you know what you're planning on studying yet? Uh, yes, sir. My major is sports media and analyst, actually. Sports media and analyst. I got you. What what led you to uh, to making that decision? We actually um, we had the inter- uh, the awesome opportunity to interview Bill Roth. You'll probably take some classes with Bill Roth as well. I in that to department. B- oh, you talked to Bill Roth. Tell yeah, us about he was, that. He was there. He was there on my uh, official visit. You know, that's part of the key part. One of the commu- uh, communication professors, I yep. want to say. But yeah, we talked to him. So I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna be one of his classes, or he gonna have a chance to teach me. But yeah, I talked to him on my official visit about. What I want to, what I'm gonna be doing specifically, where I'm gonna be at, you know, just, you know, and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to that as well. That's fantastic! Awesome. Shout out to shout out to Bill Roth. That's awesome. I'm Sir, shout out to him. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so obviously, kids now are not able to tour Virginia Tech or tour any college campus, quite honestly, right now. And you know, Pat and I, we were talking about you know Virginia Tech. The thing that really kind of stands out is not something that you can kind of get over on a Zoom meeting. It's not something that you can, you know, go to Google Images and look at. As beautiful as Virginia Tech is and Blacksburg is in general, it's kind of the relationships and the student body and kind of the atmosphere around it, not even just on game day, but on a typical day. If someone from the 2021 class or someone was asking you, you know, you're from Jacksonville, Florida, what led you to Blacksburg, Virginia? What What is it that helped that pushed you to go hundreds of miles up the coast to Blacksburg? Um, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people ask me that question, you know, what made me go to VT? What's about a VT? And, you know, as I kept going up, that went, I think I went there before I, before I committed at least two times. Yeah, I went there two times, two or three times before I committed. Then I went there a couple of times after I committed. But uh, what really attracted me was just like the family atmosphere. I feel like just being there, you know, I could be being myself, I could focus better, you know, my academic and athletics as well. I feel like that's complacent for me to succeed, you know, in Florida. You know, Florida is Florida. You know, people know we have a good, you know, you can have a real good time down here if you want to. You know, there's a lot of things, you, you know, there's a lot of things you can do that you can have fun with in college and college as well or without college in general. But, you know, I feel like VT, I want to make a business decision. You know, I could have easily stayed in Florida and went to a Florida school or stayed closer to, you know, to my city. But I wanted to do something different because my goal is to make the NFL. And, you know, majority of the NFL teams play in cold weather states. Or you know, rain, cold, wind, windy state. Not here, but not all the teams are in Florida or California. So that also in the back of my mind, like just getting used to the weather, getting used to a different atmosphere, getting used to different people. So I feel like BT gave me a chance to do that. Plus, you know, good football program, good academic program as well, obviously. So that went all went into it, and just the campus feeling, all the all the students, everybody was just so nice. Even on the game day visit, the fans were so nice, treating me so nice. I love how all the fans were interacting with the team. You could tell everybody really into the game. Definitely with everybody jumping out like really crazy. I never really, you know, expected or seen anything like that. 60,000 plus people jumping. So it was just very awesome. And I love every part of it that really made me go to BT. Who, uh, so, and you're, you, you visited three times. Who hosted you on your visits? Uh, Shamari Connor. He's from, he's from Jasper, Florida. Uh, I think he's a junior this year, but yes, he hosted me on my visit. That's awesome. Yeah, that actually brings me right into my next question. So 
We have uh, we have a Florida to Virginia Tech connection over the years, and uh, Jacksonville has played a very big part in that. Um, you know, if you think of guys who are involved with the program um, or recently, you know, graduated or in the NFL, uh, Isaiah Ford, and then you got Keyshawn King and Shamari Connor, um, Kyle Chung, also from the Jacksonville area as yeah. well. Um, so have, have you gotten to talk to each and every one of those guys about, you know, just coming up from Jacksonville and experiencing what it's like to play at Virginia Tech and then, uh, you know, aspirations of competing at the next level? Yeah, uh, I talked to a lot, almost, I talked to almost everybody, Shamar, Isaiah, I, I talked to Isaiah for not so long, well, yeah, it's been a minute now, but I talked to him on Instagram, I talked to Kyle when I was at BT, when I went to my business a couple of times, Keyshawn, everybody, so I talked to a lot of you know about just about VT in general and everything. And I kind of got the same answer from everybody. It's a great place. If you go there with the right mindset, you know, you can really accomplish anything you want from academics-wise to the next level for, you know, NFL-wise. So it's just, you know, just following the right steps, doing the right thing that's needed, and um, everything will be following the right place. Yeah, so we've gotten some talented guys. I mean, those are some super talented guys that have made an impact on Virginia Tech's football program, all from Jacksonville. Uh, why do you think we should keep recruiting Jacksonville? If you uh, if you were talking to the recruiting staff or any of the coaches, uh, you know, why do you think Jacksonville is an important place that Virginia Tech should keep recruiting? Hey, we got we got athletes, man. You know, we we real ball players. You know, we, we everybody in the city really trying to make make their name for themselves and also make a name for our city. You know, we start we starting to get noticed more for our football and athletes in general. So for like the past like four or five years, sports-wise in my city, you know, we've just been getting better and better. You know, we've been watching the older guys who was in front of us go to college, do big things, like Isaiah for like a couple other NFL players, like Shamar, who eventually be in the NFL, a couple other NFL players from our city. So, you know, we just trying to, you know, raise the standard, make it better. Because, you know, at least I can say at least guaranteed, probably at least have 50 people from my city go D1 this year in football, 50, 50 sign. That's the minimum. I'm, I'm lowballing. So we just, you know, we just put in the work. Everybody getting better. We know how, you know, we very competitive with each other. Like we all either play against each other or with each other. And so, you know, it just, it brings out the best in us. Tyree, I got to say, uh, we're, we're moving into the quarantined uh, questions here and then the latest lunch pail, but um, both to you and to the rest of the 2020 class, uh, it's great to hear how excited you are to be at Virginia Tech, how you're taking, you know, uh, really difficult situation, making the most of it and uh, showing maturity and uh, making your decision, showing maturity and staying dedicated to being in shape and finishing out your, uh, your high school um, priorities. So hats off to you. We're really excited to get you into Blacksburg and you'll be a, you'll be a fantastic fit. So definitely. Uh, definitely hats off to you. The next segment that we have here is just a couple quick quarantine questions uh just about what you got going on during quarantine so what what is like your go-to snack you come home you're in the house all day what what is your go-to snack uh my go-to snack oh yep. man i'll probably say a banana because my mom she bought a lot of bananas and fruit and they're, they're always on the counter so it sounds just easy to grab as i'm walking to my room and stuff so i think i feel like that's my go-to snack what about your go-to video game i feel like 2k and madden is usually the is usually the go-to do you have like a go-to video game that you're playing right now yeah, my go-to is Madden. It's between Madden and Fortnite, but it's really Madden lately. I've been playing a lot online against my friends and stuff. So. What team do you use? Uh, I used to play with the Jaguars a lot. I really did. That, cause that's a hometown. Always been a big hometown fan. But we don't trade in Ramsey to the Rams. You know, I don't really got no second. I don't really got no corner. Cause you know, cause guard the best receivers that these teams be picking. So I play with the Vikings as of right now. I play with. The I got you. I got you. And what about what show? What show are you watching? I mean, the Jordan documentary is on. That is fantastic. 
Um, is there is there something on Netflix? Is there something you know that you're watching right now on Hulu? Uh, what I'm watching, my favorite show. I just actually finished the whole season. Is I'm watching Power. It's on Stars. Okay. It's on, it's on Stars. I don't know if you know about it, but it's called Power. It's a really great TV show. I actually posted it on my Twitter not too long ago, but I really like it and it's really good. I think. Gotcha. Um, so we're going to roll right into, uh, our letters from the lunch pail, uh, letters from the lunch pail is brought to you by Sharkies where good friends go and also from main street pharmacy. So shout out to both of you and Pat, we uh, roll up right along here with uh, letters from the pail. Number one here <clears throat> from JK Shields. I've heard that Blacksburg does not have a great perception among recruits as a destination, but I disagree. How can current students help with the recruiting effort as well as local business in the area? You know what? Yeah, that one. We're going to skip that. We're going to edit that out. <laughs> that, I think, that's that's, that's something I got to write an essay on. <laughs> I think, uh, I think that it. one was intended for just us two to answer because yeah. um, we talk about that stuff all the time. We'll, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll roll with the other ones. All right. We'll start with this one. We'll start with this letter from the lunch pail from at Flobsky. Who do, your, who do you base your game off of? Uh, I try to base my game off of Odell Beckham, really. He's like my favorite receiver, and I, you know, kind of watch him as he went to college in the NFL. You know, me and him being the same height, he's he 5'11", I'm 6 foot, you know, around the same weight area. I feel like I see how athletic he is, how he moves, how agile, how quick. You know, he make great catches as well and score touchdowns. So I try to base my game on just being quick, being being a great athlete with the ball in my hands, you know, score touchdowns and just make big plays. Well, I got to say, I was, watching, I was watching your film last night, and uh, I don't know who your coach is over at uh, at First Coast, but they do a great job of putting you in space. Um, so I, I definitely see the I definitely see the parallels there. Um, so that's a fantastic comp. From Saxburg, what player inspired you the most? What events did you participate in in track? So two part question there. Two part question. Gotcha. Player that inspired me the most is uh, you talking about football? Or he that like a general overall. Overall, it would be LeBron. I'm a, I'm a bit LeBron, but I like I like how he handles himself on the court and off the court. You know, business wise, you know, with the school stuff he got going on. You know, he's being a real great model on the court okay. and while being the best at his craft. Really. Okay. Then the second part question. What was the second part question? What events did you participate in track? Uh, I participated in the four by one and relay and the hundred meter dash. Okay, gotcha. Follow up question from uh, me: Is it Jordan or is it LeBron? LeBron, I I can't I, I I love Jordan. I see I know everybody goes like I'm young and everything. I, Jordan Jordan really like that. Jordan is that guy, but I gotta go with LeBron. LeBron, he's that's, that's my guy. I can't I can't I can't trade it. Can't we'll trade. agree to disagree. <laughs> so keeping with the uh, the basketball theme here, Tyree Grant Watson says, "Are you gonna be running some pickup games in McComas when it opens back up? I hear that you are a hooper as well." Uh, yeah, I probably will run some uh, pickup games eventually uh, when we get back to campus and everything. Cause my brother, he's a basketball player, so he's going to be out there. I'm pretty much – he's going to be out there with me at some point in time. And he loves basketball, so I'm pretty sure he's going to make me want to go out there and go hoop every now and then. But So I'll be out there hooping. Fantastic. Tyree, we really appreciate your time on this Wednesday. Again, stay well. Uh, where can we – do you have any shout-outs? We always give you the opportunity. Do you have anyone that you would like to shout-out? Uh, like shout out my mom, my dad, my auntie, and all my family for you know everything they did to help me get to this point. And where can we follow you at? What is where can we hit you on the Twitter handle, Instagram? Uh, everybody, y'all can follow me on Twitter at Showtime Tyree. That's on Twitter, Showtime Tyree all together, Tyree T Y R E E all together. And then my Instagram is Showtime 
underscore R-E, Showtime underscore R-E on Instagram. And that's really the two I be on the most. Well, you're getting two new followers right now. I'll tell you that much, Tyree. <laughs> Take you. care, Appreciate Tyree. It. Thank you for your time this afternoon, man. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys.